millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think are underrated, underappreciated, underseen, or we just really, really wanted to talk about them. Josh picked this week and he went with One Hour Photo from 2002. So let's get stuck in. So, Josh, you picked this week's film. It's One Hour Photo from 2002, starring the late, great Robin Williams. Mm. So, first of all, tell us, what is it about and why did you pick it? So, One Hour Photo, um, spoiler warnings before I tell you the plot. Of so, One course, Hour, one hour Photo warnings. is about a chap called uh, Seymour, shortened to Cy, played by Robin Williams, who works in a photo development booth, like a one hour photo shop as part of a bigger supermarket. Um, he's very lonely, he lives a very isolated life, and um, he has become and is obsessed with a family that come in to get their photos developed a lot, um, and he his behaviour becomes sort of more and more erratic as the film goes on, culminating in ultimately losing his job and sort of his grip on reality, and that has consequences, shall we say, for mm-hmm. both him and the family. Um... I picked this one. Um, well, two words, Alice. I think you know what those two words are. Oh, go on. Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we've done a Robin Williams film yet. And there's not have. there's not loads of, well, I mean, people might disagree with me. I don't think there's loads of underrated Robin Williams films or underseen ones. Obviously, very, very popular. One of my favourite actors. I think he's so watchable, so great. This is a slightly different Robin Williams than you've probably seen in Mrs. Doubtfire, because um, that would have been... Flubber. Quite, yeah, or, or Flubber <laughs> from the film Flubber. Um, <laughs> So I picked it. I picked it because of him, because of his performance. Hadn't seen it for a while, and I remember it being quite good with a good central performance from him. Um, and I just thought it's probably, I, I, it's probably underseen. And I imagine I, 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 I thought it might have been underrated because I can't remember any real um, recollection really of, of of how it was received when it came out. So I suppose it's a mixture. Of, I'd probably go with underseen because it's a lesser seen Robin Williams film and I just want to talk about it because Robin Williams is in it. So mm-hmm. had you seen this one before? So I hadn't seen this one. I had heard of it and I did have a vague idea of what it was about. I think I probably saw the trailer for it kind mm. of around the time when it came out. Um, and I was certainly intrigued because I hadn't seen Robin Williams like that. 
Um, so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, let's see kind of how he pulls this off, kind of how he's going to get into this, you know, slightly darker character. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really, really good film. Uh, there was quite a lot of things that I enjoyed about it. Um, the story, I thought, was really good. It's kind of like this really good tale of, like, isolation and obsession and being the outsider. There's also a lot of sadness to it. And mm. I think Robin Williams, for all his wonderful, um, like, funny, joyous charm, he does sad really, really well. And oh, when yeah. Robin Williams is sad you're sad too. Mm. And that really kind of came through the screen, I think. And it was really interesting because obviously his character, Sai, he is the villain in this film, really. Like his obsession with this family is quite destructive. It is quite creepy. He does cross the line a lot in terms of people's like privacy and personal space. Obviously, I, I don't know if there's any law against what he's doing, but I'm sure like in terms of in the workplace, that's very inappropriate. Mm. And if his boss had known what he was up to, he probably would have got in trouble a lot earlier. So it's just interesting that you're aligned with him mm. throughout the film. Um, and that's a really interesting take on it, I thought. Um, I thought the characters were brilliant. So obviously we've got Sai, uh, who is the photo developer, but then the family as well, I thought did a really good job. So the son, Jake who is the son of this... Because he's he's sort of obsessed with the family unit, isn't he? And he's obsessed with their life, but it comes across as an obsession with the mum, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, with the he, woman he more of, so. Um, he sort of inserts himself in the family as a, as a would-be uncle-type character. Mm. So you don't even necessarily think it's a... It's a sexual or romantic love. It doesn't love. come across it's, like it's, that, does it's, it? No. It's sort of everything. It sort of comes from that loneliness, doesn't it? Mm. And so the son, Jake, is he comes across as very sensitive. And mm. like after they've been in the in the store sort of one day and they meet Sai, he sort of goes to his mum, oh, I, I feel like Sai is really sad. Like, d does he not have friends? Does he not have a girlfriend and all this? And that was just quite interesting because, you know, you know, they say like kids are quite intuitive and they can sort of pick up on things. But the mum's like, oh, no, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's got like a wife and a family and all this. And then you cut to Sai at his apartment at this sterile, white, lifeless apartment. And this was something really interesting they did throughout, I thought. So they really use kind of like the colorscapes of like the lighting and the locations to really like invoke a lot of feelings. So when you're in... Is it Save Mart? Like Save Mart or Save Mart? Yeah, it's like but, a, I think it's a made-up yeah. supermarket. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, so that's all very white. It's very sterile. It's very, like, clinical. Crisp like, and yes. clean. Like, yeah. there's nothing out of place. There's no life to it. You know, it's like just, it's just corporation. Like it's there photo. to make money sort of thing. And then you've got his apartment, mm. similar, just very white, very sparse, very basic. It's not homely at all. It's not warm. And then you go to the family's house. It's the Yorkins, I believe, yes. right? That's the yeah. family name. So you go to their house and it's all very warm and red and brown and like there's firelight all the time and the lights are always really dim and it just emanates this warmth. And it, there was quite a lot of this going on that made it feel more more art house, more like art style cinema than necessarily a Hollywood film. Because mm. I do think it was kind of one step beyond Hollywood films, which was interesting to see Robin Williams in something like that, I thought. Um, what about you, Josh? I just take the reins. <laughs> Sometimes when I just get into something, you know, I can't shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, God, no. <laughs> no, it's one of the reasons I picked it was, was leading on from what you were saying there, which is I think it's a really interesting portrayal of obsession and sort of ethics really because like you said what he's doing is ethically and morally 
wrong, but actually probably not illegal. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know. I don't know en enough about the law or particularly American law to know. So I think there's a few things I like about this. Um, is the treatment of Sai as a character is the first thing. He's not a, he's not a, a boogeyman. He's not a Jason or a Michael Myers or a Freddy Krueger. He's a real guy mm. who, like you say, he is he's he is acting as a villain, but he's also the protagonist. Mm -hmm. And I but not protagonist sort of has connotations like he's the good guy. So he's not the good guy, he's just he's just the character, like you say, with which you are aligned, with which you view the film through. And and I think that's really interesting because it's not something I'd seen done that much before. The only other thing I can think really close to it would be something like American Psycho, mm -hmm. um, where you're sort of again aligned with someone who's doing these these horrible things. Um, so I thought that was really interesting because I, I, I think it captured obsession really well. And a lot of that is down to Robin Williams' performance. I think he's he's almost sort of like hypnotic at points in this film. He's 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 very still. He's very calm all the way through it. And then there's moments where he is very, very emotive, you know, where he, like, he loses his job at points and stuff like that. He's very emotive, and I, and I really enjoy that. He's, he's, um, he almost feels sorry for him, mm -hmm. even though he's clearly a troubled guy and what he's doing isn't right. But, like, it has you questioning, well, should I really be feeling sorry for this guy for, for what he's doing? But yet you do. You sort of question, or I did anyway. I don't, I don't know. Did you? Certainly, and it is hard not to because of how emotive... Robin Williams plays it like you can see so much of the pain in his eyes yeah. like you can see he's not he's not evil inherently but it's certainly problematic and you get kind of like these bits of snippets of information about why might he be like this where has this come from and there's one time where he sort of pretends to stumble upon Jake at a soccer practice but obviously he's gone there intentionally to mm. have a conversation with Jake and he starts talking to him about it it's like oh yeah like I didn't really play much sports I was really sick as a child and then starts listing off all these illnesses he had mm. and and kind of all the reasons why he never really went outside and stuff so then it's kind of like okay so that sort of explains a bit more the obsession with say photographs mm. that's like his way of seeing the world that was the way he was able to have relationships and if you think about it in the context of like pre-social media Media, that makes a lot of sense because he wouldn't need to do what he's doing there in this day and age. Mm. You could just go on what someone's social media and they're giving you those photos for free. So it's yeah. kind of like this interesting precursor to the, the world that we're living in now where everyone's readily posting images of themselves, of their families on the internet for the whole world to see. And that's another interesting thing, isn't it? Is, is the way it's aged is it's sort of almost, almost completely out of date now. In terms of, I don't know, I don't know if, you know, people do still go and get photos developed in the same way because everything's on your phone, everything's in your pocket. So I think it'd be, it's quite interesting. I'd like to show it to someone who'd never really known a Max Spielman or, you know, a one-hour photo type place and see what they thought because mm. it's a really interesting question you raised there. If he's got all these pictures of all these people's intimate moments and he talks about the nature of photo developing and the things that you see and what you do and don't have to necessarily report to the authorities and stuff and obviously he sees a massive huge gamut of different things of from just the mundane to the dark and sexual or whatever mm. and like you say the primarily what he sees is just the mundane and that's now all readily available mm -hmm. and it's like so if this was like you couldn't really even make this now because it'd just be a guy scrolling through just, Facebook, yeah, just someone scrolling through Instagram. someone's Instagram, yeah, yeah, um, going back like over. Oh, it's like oh, what were they posting <clears> five years ago, ten years ago? And I suppose the difference is is 
you can choose who sees those photos. You can choose what you put on your Instagram, your Facebook. Some people, for example, do not put pictures of their kids on social media, which is fine because they don't want people to see them. So therefore no one can go and look at them. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this, he is taking your private things mm -hmm. that you've trusted them with. So I suppose that's the difference, isn't it? In mm -hmm. terms of uh, the modern day. Uh, what else did I like about it? So back to Robin Williams' performance. So not only is his performance really good, but I actually think the casting of him is really good because mm -hmm. you associate Robin Williams with like that sort of lovable, likable everyman. Well, of being that uncle. Yeah. Like of that being, being that uncle character. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. You know, uh, Peter Pan. Um, you know, the guy, you know, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. You know, all the, the caregiver. The caregiver. Like the one who's the, there to look out for yeah, you. Yeah, the likable guy mm. who, you know, who gives the film a lot of heart. And yet, I think that's why it's all the more creepier. But also, mm -hmm. I think the genius of that is that's where what we were saying about it making you feel sorry for him comes mm -hmm. in. If you cast someone who is, you know, for example, known to play villains, I know, first name that comes to my head around the time, Gary Oldman. Mm -hmm. You know, Gary Oldman's a wonderful actor. I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but what I mean is you might associate Gary Oldman more with those villains that he's played rather than Robin Williams, who's, you know, who, who is, you know, Mr. Doubtfire and, and the genie from Aladdin and all those mm -hmm. other things. Um, so uh, back to what you said as well, I really liked the way it looked, the the difference between the sterile environments which Sai finds himself in and the the, the loving and warm environments that he, that he really sort of craves and how his flat is all very uh, bare and empty. Um, there was something of a, that difference, that difference of, of sparse and home and supermarket-sized house and the family's house that he's obsessed with, gave it an almost like lucid dreamlike quality i thought mm -hmm. it was almost like you weren't sure what was real and what wasn't so i really like that as well um there was a lot of, i quite like so there's a lot of one thing i didn't want to mention there's a lot of really good little subtle references to obsession and stalking so for example i don't know if this is done on purpose but it must have been there's an episode there's a bit where one of them's watching someone's watching simpsons mm -hmm. and it's the episode where sideshow bob is D Bart, D. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one who speaks German could be an evil man. Um, but he, but it's um, that's obviously about that's, that episode is about obsession, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. about sideshow Bob being obsessed with Bart. So I thought that was quite good. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this was I quite liked, and we've already touched on it a little bit. The ambiguity. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't spoon feed you. So at the end. If you don't want to know what happens at the end, skip maybe five or ten minutes from this point. But you find out that, so what he basically does is he finds out that the, the husband of the family is having an affair, he catches him in the act, and he sort of makes them assume various different positions and take and what they think is take photos. Mm -hmm. When the police arrest him, they you then realise that he has taken photos of nothing, mm -hmm. which actually means, in theory, he's done nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Which I thought was interesting, because he's still done something wrong. You know he's done it, but, mm. but he actually hasn't sort of thing. I don't know. But then the other thing was, is when the police are interviewing him, he makes allusions as to why he might have done it. He sort of never says it, but it's like he basically alludes to he might have been abused as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't spoon feed you. Mm. And it's a bit like the end of, say, Psycho, although that's a little bit more on the nose because obviously of what what you've seen in in a very famous film. Um, But I liked that ambiguity about Psy, where he's come from, what he's done, what he's done, and why did he even do it? Why did he break into the hotel? What was the point? I suppose in theory what he does is catch the husband in the act without doing anything wrong and, and shits mm. them up a bit. I don't know, what did you think of the ambiguity around it? Did you like it or did it leave you feeling a bit cold? No, I did like it. And it's interesting, like you say, because they they don't spoon feed you. This isn't an exposition dump of a no. film. Like, you get bits of information, but most of the time it is very show, don't tell, and you get to kind of build the story in your own mind. Like you say about um, at the end when he sort of, you know, but it basically seems like that, yes, he was abused as a child and that somebody took pictures of him. Yeah. He also doesn't have a photo of his mum, does he? He doesn't have any no, photo of his buys parents. buys one from a charity Because he, he? he buys that fake, that photo, just like a random photo, and then he shows it to, gosh, what is the mother's name? Nina, the, isn't it? Nina. Nina. Connie Nielsen's character, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And he shows it to her and he's like, oh, this is my mum or whatever. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, why would he, why has he not just got, like pictures of his actual mum and then when you hear that information it's like oh probably because he hates her yeah like because because she's it sounds like that she let something awful happen to him or she was the reason that something awful happened to him um and the the way that i quite like how it's ambiguous in terms of there's quite a lot of misdirection so there's this moment where he turns up at their house and by all sense and purposes it looks like he goes into their house and starts yes. doing things. Yeah. He switches the television on. He says hi to the dog. Has a beer. He, he has a beer. He uses the toilet and all this. And then suddenly you hear like keys in the door and he like looks all shocked and you're like, oh my God, my heart was in my mouth yeah. at this point. I was like, oh my God, they're going to catch him. They're going to go fucking sick. Like what the hell is going to happen? They come in, the family run in and they're like, Uncle Si, you're here <laughs> yeah. and all this, blah, blah. And then it cuts back to him being in the car outside and it's like, oh my God, that was all in his imagination. But it's not, it's not big, it's not shoving it in your face. It's also like just kind of subtle and really normal. Mm. And that has such more of an impact on it. And then again at the end, when he's threatening the husband and his lover, because I thought 
like, oh, he's going to kill them. He's going to slit their throats. He's going to, like, leave this, like, bloody massacre because he's got, like, this hefty-looking knife. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah. And it's like, this is going to be a nightmare. It's all going to be awful. And that is absolutely where I thought it was going. And then when it didn't, I was like, ah, oh, again, I was like, like, you take a breath. It's kind of like you're shocked that that isn't what's happened. Yeah. Um, especially because he, because after he's been fired to kind of get revenge and to sort of freak his boss out a little bit, he takes pictures of his boss's daughter, just kind of outside, like he doesn't intrude on her space or whatever. He's like across the road, she's in the garden playing, but he's taken pictures of her and then sends those pictures to her or the police find those pictures or something. And that feels so threatening that for me, that was like, oh, this is his end game. It's like he knows that he's going to go away in prison forever or he's going to kill himself. Like something's going to happen here. And that sort of started off this chain of events where it's like that happens. Then they find the photographs in his house of the husband's face all scratched out and stuff. And then they go to the hotel and then it turns out he's there. And it's like they ask the guy at the reception desk, have you seen this man? And he's like, yeah, he checked in like half an hour ago or whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it's happening. Like it's building up to this massive, gruesome, violent climax. And then it just didn't happen. And then it just kind of ends with him sat in this prison room, back in this sterile, white, like just nothing prison room. Yeah. Yeah, it was mad. It's, I think one of the things it does follow on from that is it sort of takes what you know about horror films because it's not really a horror film it's I suppose you call it like maybe like a thriller bit of a thriller really, yeah, yeah. Um, but it takes what you know about horror films and what you expect and it doesn't do it mm-hmm. so that whole thing of like they say you fully expect him to kill both both of those characters in the hotel room and he doesn't and it's like it was never his intention to do no because he's he's almost like really in control within his mania. Yeah. Like because he is quite calculated. He mm. sort of knows what he's doing. There's one moment where he sees Will, I believe, who's the yep. father slash husband of, of the family, sees him in the shop and he recognizes him. So he goes up to him and he's like, "Oh, you're you're Will Yorkin," and then blah, blah. and he sort of leans in dead close and goes, "You have a beautiful house like that," mm. and it's like that's really unnerving and it's kind of like. What are you trying to like let him know that like you're watching him, yeah. that you're aware of him? And I really love the term, like the use of the word house, because it's like, that's very specific. Mm. That's like, I've seen your house. It's not, oh, you have a beautiful family. It's like, oh yeah, because I see him in, in here all the time. So there's like, you're one step removed. It's like, it's very specific to his house. Mm. Like, I've seen your bedroom. I've seen your living room. Like when he's imagining walking through the house, all looks exactly as it really does because he's seen it all and he's obviously memorised it all because he's obsessed with it. One moment that I really liked was obviously when he finds out that the husband is having an affair and he sort of realises who it's with because she comes in, the mistress comes in with a roll of photo of her own to have developed and it's got pictures of her, you know, snogging, being very flirty and loving with the husband. So then Sai slips one of the photos in to their photo, to Nina's photos, into the Yorkins family's photos, knowing that she's going to find it. Oh, it's in the son's photos, isn't it? Because mm. he gives him a free camera. He brings that role in to get developed. So he slips the photo in there. And then to to sort of, to kind of see how this sort of plays out, he then follows them in the car, doesn't he? And he's just following, they're just driving down the freeway or whatever. It's just like dead chill, nothing's happening. And then the car in front just swerves. And then that's it. And it's like, I just really loved that. It's like, it wasn't like this huge showdown in the middle of the shop, like, oh, my cheating husband's a dickhead or all this, blah, blah. He wasn't like chasing her down the road being like, oh, your husband's cheating on you, I must tell you. It was just like this dead subtle thing. It's very nuanced, isn't it? Yeah. It's It's almost quite, I don't know. 
I don't know because I've never been in this situation, but I imagine it's quite realistic mm. in that in that sense. But yeah, we I mean, don't know why she's looking at photos while she's driving. Well, but... the kid, I think the kid was, wasn't he? He was uh, looking, and he, and he must have gone, "Oh my god, mum, what is this?" She then swerves and yeah. has to pull over, and then he pulls over behind her, and so you're getting, even though it's happening to them, you're getting his. It's all from his him, isn't view, it? It's yeah. his reaction. Yeah. It's what he's seeing. No, it's great. I like that. I think it's full of that sort of thing. It's full oh, of yeah, little yeah. nuanced things. Do you know it's Jim Rash was in it? Yeah, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I, had to, I had to Google it dead quick. I was like, is that Jim Rash with hair? With hair, Never yeah. seen him with hair? Yeah, yeah he was yeah. like the, the porn director or he's whatever coming some, he's, to... He's, he's credited as something like skeezy porn guy yeah. or That was quite an enthusiastic session, I thought, yeah. but we will move yeah. on to things that maybe we didn't like about the film or perhaps would change. So, Josh, we'll come to you first. Anything from you, do you think? I really struggled to find something. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I really wanted... I, I couldn't find loads. Um, 2002 was a strange time for fashion, I'll say that, but that's not really a problem. With the, I mean, Connie Nielsen's hair in the this. Hair, yeah, I was like, so, are you 16? Yeah, it's so like 2002, isn't yeah. it? Um, that's not really the fault of the film, so I can't really put that down. Um, I've written here, I wish Americans didn't call takeaway takeout. Don't know why, it just irritates so, is it me. It grates you, yeah? It irritates me, You Alice. hear that, America? Yeah, listen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's football, it's not soccer. All right. um, but other than that, look, the only thing I can really think is a little, there's, a, there's bits of the score that are a little TV movie cheesy, mm -hmm. but not all of it. A lot of the score's great. So, so there was just little moments I can't really think of that uh, specific moments. I just remember there being bits where I was like, oh, that's a bit cheesy. It's a bit synthy or, or whatever. Mm. Um, and there's a bit, there's a dream sequence where his eyes bleed. Oh, yeah. And the CGI is quite bad on the, in that bit. It sort of mm. looks like it was done on paint or something. But <laughs> other than that, no. No, there wasn't really anything I can really, really pin my hat on in terms of what I didn't like. What about you? So I don't know if this was just the version that I was watching, if it was intentional or if you noticed or whatever, but some of the locked off shots, you know, just like a, a, a solid wide or whatever, just like locked off, was shaky and juddery. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So then I'm like, well, is that just because however this video, however this film was filmed, was never meant to be watched on a 4K Samsung yeah. smart television sort of thing. It wasn't all the time. It was just sometimes. Talking about your TV there. And then, oh, there we go. Sorry, it's like such a weird brag. I don't know if you've heard of these things called smart TVs. I don't think this was meant to be watched on a very expensive television. I don't even know if it is 4K in, or whatever. But I was like, in your so massive house. <laughs> my, my two up, two down. <laughs> So I just wondered about that. Did you notice that at all, well, that any I, of the shots I were shaking? I watched on a portable TV in a shed at the end of the garden. No, <laughs> right. um, so it looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, no, no, I hadn't I hadn't okay. noticed it. But that's got to be on purpose. It's either got to be on purpose or like you say, it's got to be a, a sign of ageing of the way yeah, it was made. kind of like it was lost in trying to adapt it for, you know, modern screens or yeah. whatever and um, but also because i did find it quite jarring i was like oh well maybe it's it's meant to be quite jarring maybe it's meant to make you feel unsettled or whatever but it wasn't like shaky cam it wasn't like handheld no it was like it was locked off solid on the tripod and then someone accidentally kicked it or like it, there was like a bit of a wobble it was that sort of <laughs> just thing just not leave it in leave it in <laughs> yeah <laughs> no like, i can't go back robin's no, too no, expensive <laughs> no time yeah so so I noticed that, and obviously that was a bit off-putting, so maybe I'll, I'll look a bit further into that to see if there is an explanation for it, if it was just my eyes. Um, could have done without some of the voiceover. I feel like Robin Williams is good enough 
to pull off what exactly what he's thinking without the need for voiceover. Really? I absolutely think that. There was some of it, some of it I was like, oh, that's not too bad. But then other times where it was, it would be like explaining, explaining things. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting that I don't, yeah, from you. I don't, you. I don't really need it. And because so much of it is told obviously through photographs, yeah, like you're, you're kind of getting a lot of the information through there. So some of that I feel like I could have done without. Um, didn't ruin it for me, didn't take away for me, but just a touch unnecessary, I thought. Uh, so let's move on to talking about the critical reception then. So you haven't seen the critical reception, mm-hmm. Alice. How do you think it did? I I, w- I would think that it did quite well. It's a very well put together film, a very interesting story. And it didn't feel like it didn't feel old and tired. Like it felt like even in this day and age, what, 18, 19 years after it was released, still felt like new. Like I hadn't seen, obviously not the way it looked because, you know, Digital cameras and yeah. landline telephones. Photo, but, boot, photo yeah, development yeah. shops. But like the story and everything just felt like... Yeah, like that I idea seen, of obsession and stuff. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I just hadn't seen it done in that way. So I I reckon it did all right. I reckon IMDb-wise, you're probably looking at like mid-sevens, so maybe okay. say like a 7.5. But I would like to think that the critics on Rotten Tomatoes quite liked it. So I would go into the eights and I would maybe, I'll sit on an 83, I reckon. 83. Yeah, interesting. Um, Here we go. Okay. So on IMDb at time of recording, it gets 6.8 oh. out of 10. Mm. On Rotten Tomatoes, the audience mm. give it 65%. Mm. Okay. And the critics give it 82%. Oh, so you're quite okay. close with it. Well, you're more or less bang on with the critics. Well, okay. Right. Um, interesting. Interesting. So what do we think then? Like, Because for me, I think the audience are probably slightly off there. I would say I so. I think the critics, yeah. weirdly, this isn't, doesn't happen very often, but I think the critics are on the right side of my opinion, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree yeah absolutely I I would definitely because that's kind of what I would have given it and I think the fact that the IMDB score and the um the audience scores are like definitely lower than than I would have thought really I reckon that would definitely push it into the um underappreciated category as well almost feels like that this is one the audiences went to see and we're just like oh yeah it's all right Mm. and just I don't know I guess just dismissed it it's all right but it's 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 better than all right I for me. Think I think it's so. a, I think it's a really good f- sort of examination of obsession. Mm-hmm. The fantastic central performance, Ron Williams. Yeah, and it was I'm so really sad. Glad, I'm, yeah, I'm really glad we did it because yeah. I th- he's one of my favorite actors. And uh, yeah, I think I think I I'm going to say underrated on this one. Underseen as well, I think maybe because I just think I more people should see it. Yeah, I hadn't seen you know? it. I, hadn't I think seen it, it was fairly. I think it did okay at the box office, mm-hmm. um, but. I don't think it's one that's particularly like still being watched now. You know, it's never it's never being suggested to me on things like Netflix and Amazon because, and I watched Robin Williams films, so you think it would be. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think underrated and underseen. What about you? And, and underappreciated for sure. So there we go, one hour photo, another one sliding on into the underrated vault mm-hmm. um, with all the others. 
Slide on in there and have a good time. Some good films in there now, I think. Oh, yeah. Some good ones. We're doing a great yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> well done, us. <laughs> um, so, there we go. If you're on your phone right now and you could scooch on over to the Apple iTunes app and give us a little five-star review or rating or whatever, that would be very much appreciated. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsinthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. It's just films and that or just films and that pod. Get in touch, give us a follow. Until next week, it's been lovely chatting with you. Alice Oliver, as ever, thank you. Thank you, Josh. Pleasure, as always. Uh, And it's cheerio from me. Goodbye. Bye. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.